0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is John. Uh, Happy Father's Day. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, A couple updates before we jump in. Uh, People keep asking, when are we going to go back to live services? And the answer is, we don't know, Uh, but it definitely won't be in July and probably not in August either. We are talking about Uh, maybe doing some watch parties at some point during the summer where you can meet in someone else's house and watch the online service or maybe even in our building to watch the online service and maybe even the idea of an outdoor service at some point but we're just going to keep evaluating and trying to figure this out Uh, but the most important thing for us is that we want to keep being the church. And we feel like this online resource is a great chance for us to continue to learn together and to worship together and to take next steps. And so that when you're out with your friends and your neighbors, uh, you know, as you're out in your everyday life, that you are better resourced to follow Jesus, to live like Jesus, and to be the church. Because that's the whole goal of what we do. Uh, where we're going over the next couple weeks is uh, today and next week we're going to be looking at 1st Corinthians chapter 6 We've been going through 1st Corinthians and so if you've read 1st Corinthians chapter 6, you know It'll be really interesting this week and even more interesting next week So you don't want to miss that and then beginning in July, July 5th, we're going to have four weeks of where we're going to hear individual stories from people in our church that are members of our church. Uh, the church term for it is you're going to hear their their testimonies. And this is so important because church is not a building. Church is not an organization. Church is it's a lifestyle. It's something that we are choosing to orient our life to live this Jesus way, which is a Wonderful, amazing, but often countercultural, not intuitive. You know, it just it takes an extra focus to be able to live this way. Uh, and so, what we learned a couple of weeks ago is Paul told us in First Corinthians that one of the best ways that we can grow and mature is to imitate more mature believers. And so, I'm so excited because you're going to hear from a handful of members of our church that I would put up to any of you as great examples of people that are growing in Jesus, that are loving other people in church family, that are making a difference in the world, and I would encourage you to hear their stories so that you can use that as fuel to imitate and be better in following this Jesus thing on your own. Um, So for today, uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and here's the question for today is if you are one of those people that is choosing to follow Jesus. If you're trying to live this Jesus way of life, then how does someone who is following Jesus handle conflict? Uh, And let's make this pretty real for a second. And so, for a second, think of someone who you would consider to be a mature Christian. Someone who is really doing a good job of following Jesus in almost every area of their life. Uh, And especially, one of the ways that uh, Paul has described spiritual maturity in 1 Corinthians is that spiritual maturity is people that have moved from a self-centered life to being an others-centered life. And so, think of someone in your life who epitomizes that. And now, how would that person, uh, or to be very clear, how would Susan handle conflict? Uh, When that person in your life, uh, Susan or whoever it might be, when they have someone who who wrongs them, uh, when someone does something that annoys them, when someone does something that just gets under their skin, when someone does something where they really get taken advantage of, how would someone who is absolutely following Jesus handle that conflict? Uh, And that's what we want to look at today in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Uh, And here's the first thing that Paul is going to say about this is, first of all, conflict happens, that church people uh, are a normal group of people. So if you get a a normal group of people together, then there's going to be some conflict, that church people aren't this like holier than thou, you know, we walk in, you know, oh, hello, good brother, hello, good sister, you know, with halos on, you're like, Well, We're normal people who get aggravated at other people and especially at Christchurch Albany, we we welcome diversity And so we have a range of different opinions on different things Uh, We Disagree on what kind of music maybe we like best at church Uh, We might disagree on the volume that the music should be We might disagree on when we should come back to having live services and how we should be handling this pandemic to begin with Uh, There might be some people in our church and they love that we are going through a book of the Bible, 1 Corinthians right now, and others are hearing that we're going to do stories in the next couple weeks are so excited for stories. There's some people that wish we would sing way more songs. Some people think that we should sing less songs. Uh, Some people in our church wish that we were even more involved in community events, and some people wish that we were less involved in community things. Uh, There's some people in our church that are way right-leaning politically. There's other people in our church that are way left-leaning politically. And there's other folks in our church that see themselves as more moderates. We're just all over the map. And that's kind of like broad brush. More specifically, uh, when you get into like the community groups uh, in our church, when you get into the serving teams on our church, uh, I mean, there might be some people in a group or on a team that are just like always showing up late. And there's other people on teams that are always showing up early. Uh, There's some people that talk way too much, and there's other people that don't talk enough. There's some people that are always just being so precise and so careful, and other people that are just like way too loosey-goosey and way too casual. Uh, It's possible that even in a church like ours, when we're trying to be loving and hopeful, that there might be some people that you have some disagreements with, some conflict, some folks where you think, you know what, I, I'll be in the same church with them, but I'm not sure that I want to like be in a community group with them. Uh, I'm not sure that I want to be Facebook friends with them. Uh, I, I'm not sure that you know if they're serving on the same day I'm serving. You know, they just, just we just kind of butt heads a little bit. And Paul says, yeah, that's gonna happen. Uh, In a community of people who love Jesus, who are trying to love each other, there is going to be some conflict. And if you're new, and if you're just starting to hang out with us, we would love for you to get more involved in us. But you will find that there is some people that at some point you might have conflict with. And so Paul says, the first thing is you need to acknowledge that there is going to be conflict. And then he says, when there is conflict, not if, but when there is conflict, we want to be people that address it because uh, the temptation i think that a lot of us have when it comes to conflict is to just ignore it you know i mean conflict can be very uncomfortable and so if we can just sweep it under the rug if we can just ignore it you know i'm just not going to talk to that person i'm just gonna you know just kind of act like everything's fine even though it's not fine and paul says no 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 no, no. Uh, that's not what we're gonna do in church is if there's a beef between two people If two people are having ill feelings about each other or there's groups of people that are having ill feelings, uh, we're going to acknowledge that there is conflict and then we are going to talk about it. Uh, And here's really where Paul starts because when you talk about conflict, it's very important and Paul will say who you talk to about this conflict Uh, because what we all know about conflict is that it's easy. if. I have a problem with you. I can get my fingers right. If I have a problem with you, it's easy for me to go talk to them about my problem with you instead of talking to you, uh, and that's what was happening in this church in Corinth. This uh, church of about 90 people. Uh, There were some people that were disagreeing with each other and instead of going and talking to each other about it, trying to work it out together in love and grace, instead, they were actually suing each other, taking each other to court. That's how big the conflicts were. Uh, Here's what it says in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter six. It says, if any of you have a dispute with another, and you definitely will at some point, How dare he take it before the ungodly judgment instead of before the saints? Uh, So what was happening is that they were taking each other to court. And to give a little perspective context on this, it was like kind of like pseudo-court that they were taking them to. So this was town of Corinth 2,000 years ago, city of Corinth, and it was a Roman colony. So they had a large Roman court system that you could take someone to, and that's Probably not what people were taking them to what they were taking them to was more of kind of like a Court of like public opinion or kind of like a people's court And so they would have like a a place where if you had like a serious legal matter You could take it to, to like an actual judge in court But then in the middle of the city they would have this large courtyard where they would have judges Who could kind of give their opinion over like civil matters where people were disagreeing with each other And this isn't a great uh, kind of analogy for what this is, but I think it's the closest that we got in our world. And so back years ago, and they still might have these, I don't know. uh, They'd have talk shows like the Jerry Springer show or the Ricky Lake show. And you would have people that had conflict with each other. And instead of like dealing with the conflict by talking about it, they thought, hey, the best way we can handle this conflict is by going on the Jerry Springer Show, and maybe Jerry Springer will help us be able to handle this conflict, and that would be a good idea. And it was, you know, very public, and you know, and there was a, a decision made, but the person that was making the decision didn't really have like a ton of authority to uh, be able to enforce it. And that's what was happening is that these church members were fighting, and they would go to this courtyard in the middle of the city of Corinth, and they have a judge who's making a decision, but it's, it's big crowds around, lots of people watching and paul says this is going to cause a couple really big issues uh one this is going to cause an issue because this is not going to make the church look very attractive uh this is going to kind of in some ways ruin the church's witness because if, if i have a friend and i'm trying to invite them to come to church like oh you should totally come to my church you know you where know, we're trying to love each other and we're trying to help you know, make a difference in the world like yeah i i saw some of the people from your loving church. Uh, they were down at the court arguing with each other. You know, they were on the Jerry Springer show. I I saw some of your church folks and they were battling it out on Facebook with each other. Or uh, I saw some of your church folk, you know, and they were always complaining. Or, or actually, when you have talked to me about some of the folks in your church, you're always just complaining and talking about how bad and annoying they are. So. What what about that makes me want to go be a part of it? So he says, the first reason why you shouldn't resolve your conflicts in this very kind of public manner is because it's gonna make the church look bad. Uh, it, you should deal with this yourself. Uh, this is something that anybody who has kids totally understands. Uh, there's many times where my kids will come to me and they're arguing with each other, nah, 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 about something. And, and I'll say something to the effect of, Can't you guys just work this out on your own? Can't you just, instead of like bringing other people into it, you know, why can't you just like settle this yourself? Uh, And Paul is actually going to make this like amazing declaration that he says, "I I think you guys should talk about. If you have conflict, you should talk about it with each other. And I believe that you should do that because if you're talking about to other people, it might make the church look bad. But also." Because I believe that you have the ability to do this. Uh, You can settle your own manners. You have it within yourself to have good wisdom, to have good judgment, to figure this stuff out. Uh, And he actually makes this kind of amazing claim that someday we're going to like judge the world with Jesus, which is this big idea that we're following Jesus, who we believe is a king. We believe that Jesus is the king of the world and that Jesus in his power and majesty reigns over the world. And the part of what we are as Christians is that someday we will reign with him in heaven, that we are heirs and co-heirs of the kingdom of God. And Paul is saying, if God believes that much in you, that someday you will be a, a co-heir, you will reign over the kingdom of the whole world. Don't you think you have the ability to make some decisions when it comes to things like this? Uh, then the other thing that, that Paul brings up is, all right, why would you go to someone outside of the church to make a decision for you? Because maybe, maybe their judgment isn't going to be all that good. I mean, are, he, are you really going to tr- trust? whatever Jerry Springer says is right to be right? Are you gonna trust Ricky Lake, whatever she says to be right to be right? Uh, And this is an amazing thing, especially in our world today, where uh, there's something called confirmation bias, where almost whatever you believe, you can probably find someone else who believes that same thing and will help confirm your bias. And so if you want to eat five pounds of butter a day, and you want to try to prove that that's a healthy habit for you to do, I'm sure that you can find some article out there, you can find some group on Facebook, and they will agree with you. They will say that you are right. But just because someone says that you're right, does that really mean that you're right? And so Paul is saying that if we're going to handle conflict, then we need to kind of all be under the kind of the same universal value system of, you know, there's so you know, truth can be so relative sometimes and, you know, depending on who you ask it, things can be so, so, so different. He said, uh, why would you go kind of to the outside world to try to figure out what's the right thing to do in a conflict? Shouldn't you stay in the value system of the church? Because you all are a different group of people you have all said that I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. So the way in which I'm going to make decisions is not based off what I feel is right, not based off of you know some other article that I read. I'm going to decide what is right and what is wrong based off of what Jesus would do and what it looks like to follow Jesus. And when it comes to conflict, that's going to make things really, really interesting. Because what the normal world says when it comes to conflict is they talk about things like, okay, well, what's the fair thing to do? Uh, Or hey, if you've been wronged, then well, you need to make sure that you get right. You know, you need to make sure that you get revenge, maybe. You need to make sure that you get what you are owed, and that's the most important thing when it comes to conflict, is to make sure that you are taken care of. But for Jesus followers we have a different paradigm that we live under. We live under the paradigm of Jesus, of the cross. Uh, And so here's what Jesus says. Uh, This is in uh, Luke uh, chapter uh, uh, six, starting in verse 27. And he's actually going to like the far end of the pendulum here. Uh, Jesus is gonna talk about how we should treat our enemies. Uh, And so, I don't know, I mean, maybe you have an enemy in the church, I hope not. But what we're talking about is just like, what do you do if you just have someone in the church where there's like a conflict, where you just annoy each other a little bit? But you're just going to say, okay, let's go to the far end here. What if you have someone and you say, that person is my enemy. How should I treat that person that I have such a high degree of conflict with? Jesus says, but I tell you, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good, to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, so if someone punches you on the cheek, then turn to them the other also. See if they want to hit you on the other side. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus says that when it comes to conflict, then your biggest concern needs to be not about getting what is right for you, but actually looking out to the interest of the other person, actually trying to serve the other person. Uh, Here's a a way to say it, that for Jesus, the most important thing is not Me the most important thing is we Uh, To Jesus you are actually more important than me and so a Christian will actually Sacrifice what they want Uh, a Christian will often Sacrifice what they are owed Uh, a Christian will actually allow themselves to be wronged so that it will benefit somebody else else. Uh, Here's what Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong and you do this to your brothers. Uh, Paul says, hey, what what if you did get cheated? Uh, What if you did get wrong? What if you ended up on the losing end of this? Wouldn't that actually be okay? uh so here's kind of what this looks like uh when uh ashley and i uh first got married uh, i was living uh, in an apartment in gildenland and then and I got married and then she was going to move into my apartment and, and i thought my apartment looked awesome uh, i'm a big dallas cowboys fan as some of you know and so uh the main artwork in the living room was a cowboy's jersey that i had thumbtacked to the wall it just looked great Uh, In the kitchen, there was a a Pearl Jam poster uh, because they're a great band and I enjoyed seeing that poster. Uh, Also in the kitchen, uh, this is a dumb story on me, Uh, I didn't have a microwave uh, when I first uh, moved to New York, when I first graduated college. And so I had something I needed to heat up and I just had a plastic dish to heat it up in. And so in my dumb 21-year-old thought... I thought maybe if I put the oven on the lowest possible setting and I just put the plastic in there for just like a minute, maybe it'll be okay. Uh, It was not okay. I opened the oven and it completely had melted and it created this kind of gooey kind of thing. And then after it cooled, it hardened And my roommate and I thought it looked pretty cool. And so we nailed this plastic gooey former uh, Tupperware thing to the wall. Uh, And that was my apartment. And I thought, "Oh, it's great. And now Ashley and I are married and Ashley moves in to my space that I had decorated myself. And her and I had different ideas on how this apartment should look, on whether the thumbtack jersey should stay on the wall, whether the Pearl Jam poster should stay on the wall, whether the random piece of melted Tupperware should stay tacked to the wall. And I had a choice of, am I going to, fight for what I want or am I going to give up my rights so that she can be happy so that she can get what she wants so that the apartment can look like the way that she has envisioned it to look. And I, of course, chose her way because I liked my cowboy's jersey, but I love Ashley. And I would rather put her before what I want. And this is the way that it always works in Christian relationships, is that we put relationships in front of being right. Because as a lot of us know, uh, you can be right and completely lose the relationship. Uh, Some of you have maybe been in arguments before, you know, and you're just you know, making your point and making your point and your voice is getting louder and louder and louder. And, you know, maybe you, you the conflict goes on you bring other people into it. You know, maybe it even goes to court and you sue the other person. And at the end of it, you're right, you won. But the relationship it, it, it is lost. You know, the, 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 that, that friendship is gone. That the, 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 you, your, your kids won't talk to you anymore. And you were right but you lost the relationship. And what Paul is saying is that the way Christians handle conflict is that we always, always prioritize relationships above being right. That the we is more important than me. That you are more important than me. And I would rather sacrifice. I would rather lose my rights. I would rather not have it go my way if it means that we get to keep the relationship. Uh, And we see this as an amazing model in Jesus because Jesus did not come to earth to be right. If Jesus came to earth to be right, I mean, the whole thing could have lasted about 30 minutes. I mean, he could just come down in a big cloud and fireworks and just, you know, I'm right, you're all wrong, ah! And everyone would have, you know, like, okay, we're all wrong, we're all sinners, we're all terrible. But Jesus didn't come just to be right. He came to develop a relationship. Which meant that He came and He gave up His rights as the Son of God living in heaven to come down and live as a human with us. He sacrificed that for us. And then He went to the cross. And He sacrificed His own life. Sacrificed in incredible pain and, and horrible execution. He gave up everything so that relationship could be restored between him and us. Because Jesus's biggest priority was that we would be redeemed in relationship with him and that we would be reconciled in relationship with other people. And so that's what we want to be as a church. If we're all gonna do life together, if we're all gonna try to follow Jesus together, if we're all gonna try to make an impact in Albany together, for sure there will be conflict. And so when there is, let's acknowledge it, guys. Let's not sweep it under the rug. Let's talk about it. And let's not talk about it to everyone else. Let's not talk about it to our coworkers. Let's not talk about it to our friends. Let's not post it all over Facebook. Let's talk about it with each other because I know if we all sit down and talk, we can figure this out. But there will come a time where you might have to lay down your rights. Where you might have to give into someone else what they want, and it might it might even be you have to lose and sacrifice, and that's okay. Let's be those kind of people. And again, we do that all under the name of the cross. Uh, so we're gonna celebrate uh, communion together, and so let's remember that this is how Jesus loved us. That Jesus gave up his life out of love. For us. And so let us be willing to admit that we're wrong, to give up our preferences, to, to, get, to, to really listen to what someone else, where they're coming from, and maybe even go their way, even if it is uncomfortable for us. Let us be those kind of people because that's what a group of Jesus followers should look like. Let's take the bread together. Let's take the cup together uh, let's pray uh, Jesus I pray that we would be a group of people that are working to reconcile relationships that there will be times where and maybe there's already someone that we we're thinking of that we have some conflict with help us to work to resolve that conflict even if it comes at a cost to us because that's how you loved us so help us love other people in that way, in the name pray, Amen. Uh, uh, Jeff and Tyler and uh, Gideon and uh, Stephen and uh, Ty, what a great band we have this week! Uh, they're going to lead us in one more song, so let's sing one together. We'll see you next week.